Hello everyone. How has been February 2023 been for you? Well, the beginning for me was quite a hectic, but then it's okay. Today's episode will be exclusively about beta receptor agonists, which we started in the last one, and we gonna talk about dobutamine first. Welcome all to this pharmacology difficult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD, pharmacology. And this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find and if there's a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. So let's talk dobutamine. Very much it resembles dopamine except a few attachments that are found in its structure. It really acts upon alpha and beta receptors and it is not acting indirectly and that's the most important simple explanation of its mechanism of action that shows its effects. So you're understanding? The action is totally direct on alpha and beta receptors. Nothing indirect, nothing via other shortcuts or routes. The major effects of dobutamine, they are observed on the cardiac tissue. It is a potent inotropic and chronotropic drug and it also enhances the atrioventricular conduction. But the enhancement in the sinus automaticity is quite mild as compared to the other drugs. The peripheral resistance is almost unaffected by dobutamine. That's an important point. And dobutamine is basically a short-acting drug. It has a rapid onset of action. Its main application in users, they comprise of treatment of the decompensated heart, which you can see in conditions like congestive cardiac failure, and sometimes such situations of decompensation of the heart, they also arise after cardiac surgical procedures. Sometimes they are also seen in acute myocardial infarction. So at all these situations, at all these events, dobutamine can be effectively used. Now, dobutamine hardly affects the heart rate. There is rather no effect on the heart rate. So it's a potent enhancer of the cardiac output and it also increases the stroke volume. It finds the use in coronary artery diseases also. The application is basically in the form of non-invasive cardiac assessment that is done along with the electrocardiographic that is abbreviated as capital ECG procedures. So along with the ECG, you can use dobutamine for the non-invasive assessment in cases of coronary artery disease. Now, let's move forward. Rare but serious adverse effects of dobutamine are seen as rise in blood pressure, sometimes rise in heart rate. That's quite rare, but that sometimes it may happen. And dobutamine is also contraindicated in atrial fibrillation. If the person is suffering from atrial fibrillation, then it's better to use digoxin and avoid dobutamine. Now, dobutamine also increases the oxygen demand 
and that actually shows adverse effects in the form of increase in the infarct size and that occurs in the myocardial infarction patients another important complication with the use of dobutamine is the development of tolerance and because the tolerance develops so the effect is not long lasting rather there's a short term effect of dobutamine so it is very well nice drug highly recommended if there is a short term use of all the effects that you want to see which are seen with dobutamine now i'm going to talk about the beta 2 receptor agonists in general and that i'm going to put in some bullet points let's get started first of all the main use for the beta 2 receptor agonists is asthma or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease that is capital copd second important point the basic and the most important dosage form for these beta 2 receptor agonist is actually inhalational it can be used as an aerosol and that actually effectively works upon the beta 2 receptor especially in the lungs so that increases the specificity and selectivity of these agents because if the medicine is given via inhalational route then its systemic effects are almost nullified and that also nullifies the possible adverse drug reactions that may occur due to systemic effects in this case the tremors that may be seen due to systemic absorption of the drug they are almost nullified they are not seen at all because the drug is given via the inhalational route then all these systemic effects or adverse effects they are just negligible next important point now beta 2 agonists they are developed in the form that they have a structural alteration so that their metabolism totally surpassed by catecholamine or methyltransferase and because their metabolism is not at all done by catecholamine or methyltransferase that is capital comt the results they are much much better their efficiency is enhanced and that is due to the structural alteration in the beta 2 agonist drugs now next and the last important general point about beta 2 receptor agonists is now these agents they are not very effective in enhancing the release of inflammatory mediators like histamine leukotriens etc so they are not very effective in curbing down the inflammation because what is asthma asthma is actually hypersensitivity with underlying inflammation so they are effective in asthma but they are not able to reduce the underlying inflammation they have no effect on the underlying inflammation so all in all they are just a part and parcel of the treatment of the asthma for the inflammation treatment corticosteroids are the best and the most preferred drugs so these were some general important points to understand and keep in your mind when you study the beta 2 receptor agonists now without any delay let's jump over the drugs and first and foremost i'm going to give you a complete account in today's episode of the short acting beta 2 receptor agonists we are not going to cover the long acting 
that will be in the upcoming and the next episode definitely so today we are just going to communicate and talk about the short acting beta 2 receptor agonist the first drug in this list is metaproteranol now metaproteranol is also known as orciprenoline in europe countries it's very less metabolized by catecholamine or methyltransferase. That's an important feature of the drug. The excretion is via the route of the glucuronide conjugation. Now, it is less selective on the beta 2 receptors as compared to other drugs. That is, we have much better, more selective beta 2 receptor agonists. So, that is one of the reasons why that metaproteranol may also affect and enhance the cardiac activity. It's basically a long-acting drug and it is good for the chronic obstructive lung diseases treatment. And it may be applied in acute bronchospasm treatments also. So that's a brief account of metaproteranol. Let's move on to our next drug in the list that is albuterol. Now, albuterol is much, much more selective beta 2 receptor agonist as compared to the other drugs. The route of administration is both inhalational and oral route. It's very rapid acting drug. The action is observed very quick once it is used via the inhalational routes. And it hardly has any effect on the heart because of its greater selectivity for the beta-2 receptors. One important use of albuterol is the delay of the predom labor that can be achieved via the oral doses. The most important dosage form for this particular drug is the metered dose inhalers. But you have to remember one important thing. I want to tell you especially about the propellant that is used in the metered dose inhalers that is capital MDIs for the albuterol. Well, hydrofluoroalkane that is capital HFA, they are preferred propellants of choice over the old ones chlorofluorocarbons that is capital CFCs. So chlorofluorocarbons, they are quite obsolete. While the best and the preferred ones, propellants in metered dose inhalers, they are hydrofluoroalkanes, that is capital HFA. So that was a quick and nice good to give information. Let's move on to our next drug in the list, that is perbuterol. Now perbuterol is quite very selective for beta 2 receptors and it finds special use. Its importance of use relies in the breath activated meter dose inhalers i repeat it's very important use is in specialized breath activated meter dose inhalers and what are these these are the meter dose inhalers where proper desired delivery of drug that is drug delivery is actually optimized and they're given in the form of a medicinal spray especially at the time that is at the moment when the subject begins the inspiration you know there are two types of respiration inspiration and expiration so the moment the patient begins the inspiration activity at that particular moment the medicinal spray of these drugs 
via the breath activated meter dose inhalers it's given and the choice of drug in such cases is perbuterol so that is a specialized use of perbuterol which you might have understood i have tried the best to make you actually understand how it's specially used in special moments let's talk about the other drug that is levalbuterol so levalbuterol is basically a racemic mixture medicine and it's a very commonly used drug choice of drug for asthma and capital copd that is chronic obstructive pulmonary diseases patients its dosage form is again meter dose inhaler that is capital mdi and again in these mdis the obsolete the old chlorofluorocarbons they are not used so that was an account of levalbuterol let's talk about terbutaline terbutaline is a beta 2 selective agent it is not metabolized by catecholaminomethyltransferase the quick effects they are obtained when the drug is administered via the parenteral routes or the inhalation routes these are the routes through which the very rapid effects of terbutaline they are obtained other routes they can be oral route or subcutaneous route but generally you have to remember that when the drug is given via the oral route the effects they are delayed then the basic uses and the most important uses of terbutaline are again the chronic obstructive lung diseases it can be used in acute bronchospasm and it can be used parenterally in the conditions of status asthmaticus that is acute attack of asthma now i'm going to give an account of generally withdrawn drugs or the drugs which are not marketed much in us so in In this list we have the first one as phenoterol. Phenoterol is a drug that is again beta 2 selective drug. It's a short acting beta 2 selective drug. Once given via the inhalation route, very quick effects they are seen. The beta 2 effects they are actually seen but it is also acting on the beta 1 receptors so that may result in the form of effects like cardiac arrhythmias and it had actually fatal effects so that is the reason why this drug was withdrawn from the market so remember phenoterol was withdrawn from the market due to its fatal effects and it was also associated with cardiac arrhythmias effects due to beta 1 actions that is an account of phenoterol let's get to know about isoethylene uh, isoethylene is also quite selective for beta 2 receptors not very selective and it is metabolized by catecholamine omethyltransferase but remember it is not metabolized by monoamine oxidase that is capital mao now it's also not available in the us markets and it is an optional drug for acute bronchospasm That's all I need to tell you about isoethylene. And last but not the least, let's talk about proketterol. Proketterol again is not available in US markets. And when given via the inhalation route, it is quite selective for beta 2 receptors. 
and shows quick effects. That's why it is listed under the short-acting beta-2 receptor agonists. So that was all about the short-acting beta-2 receptor agonists. And next, we're going to move upon the long-acting beta-2 receptor agonists. But that is reserved for the next episode. And I will definitely be covering one or two of the drugs that is beta-3 receptor agonist. Not very important, but it's these are the drugs you ought to know about because when there are only one or two drugs in a particular class or group, they become very important. So that's all from my end today and it's the time of the wrap. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, do visit www.spharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences, drug information updates and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name. Is Pharmacology Difficult? If you're listening for the first time, do subscribe and follow whatever platforms you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Stay safe, stay happy, stay enlightened. Thank you.